Morning, Grace Church. Morning, good morning. It's so good to see all of you. My name's Brandon. Uh, I'm the pastor here, and we are wrapping up a series we've been in for the past month uh, called Cycle Breakers. Has this been a good series for you guys? Just show of hands really quick. Okay, nice. Whistles. Wow, oh my gosh. That's amazing. But so, so throughout this series, we've looked at um, the first week, we talked about how we're all born into a destructive cycle, um, and that destructive cycle is called sin. All of us have sin in our lives where these moments where we disobey God, where we we live selfishly, we all have that. Um, But God wants to give us a new identity. That was week two. And last week we talked about how we all have a tendency to worship something. Something in our life. We're designed for worship and so we all worship something. And sometimes that thing isn't God. And if you missed one of those uh, teachings, you can go to that'sgrace.org slash messages you can find all of our teachings here in West Bridgewater. You just click on choose specific location and then click on West Bridgewater. You can, I'd encourage you, if you miss a week, go back, check them out. This was a really, really great series. And throughout this series, I've actually heard countless stories from life groups and individuals on how this has challenged them and helped them break destructive cycles in their lives. I've heard engaged couples and newlyweds tell me that this, the, the cycle of divorce is going to stop with them. I've heard life groups and stories from people that were in life groups that were, that were stuck and broken and hurting, and, and they brought their life group, and they said, here's the cycle that we're stuck in, and, and their life group started to rally around them and encourage them and prayed with them and babysat for them and even cooked meals if they needed to. And then this past week, truly one of my favorite moments in the history of Grace Church West Bridgewater the whole front of this room at every service, one, two, and three, was filled with people on their knees laying down idols in their life, laying down these cycles that they've been stuck in for so long, saying enough is enough. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. I no longer need to carry this with me anymore. And truthfully, I haven't stopped thinking about that since. Man, we need that posture every day when we wake up to get on our knees and just say, God, I'm not. Here it is. But now we come to the end of the series. And what's next? Because we're not going to talk about this forever. What happens in three months when that cycle that you broke on week two, all of a sudden, you fall back into it? What happens when we go back to our everyday life and this isn't something we talk about as regularly? What do we do if we fall back into that thing we'd never, we thought we'd never do again? What do we do? Well, the Apostle Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest friends, like this dude's like one of my favorite people in the entire Bible. Peter was prone to setbacks. I just listened to an incredible teaching from a pastor named Tyler Statton um, at Bridgetown Church in Portland, Oregon, uh, on this very idea. And, and in fact, I want to show you Peter's pattern. Like, this was the cycle of Peter's life. Look at this. So this is Peter's life, okay? You can just leave this up on the screen as I kind of walk through this. So here we go. Jesus calls Peter to follow, Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 20. Jesus was walking along the shore of Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers. Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew throwing a net into the water. 
for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and they followed him. Now you would think that that's it. Like Peter, he's following Jesus. He's all in. He's committed to him. But if we jump ahead to the next time we see Peter, which is in Luke chapter 5, we see something different. So Luke chapter 5, Jesus comes to the shore of the Sea of Galilee to teach a crowd. In Luke chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Well, hold on. Hold on, I thought Jesus had called Peter to follow him, but all of a sudden he's back fishing. Something had happened. Something happened between that initial calling where Jesus says, come and follow me, and Peter says, all right, I'm leaving my nets. Something happened between now, between then and now in Luke chapter 5 where Peter said, I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. I'm going to go back to what I know best. And so what does Jesus do? He calls him to follow him again. Luke chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Right Right here in the middle, Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, again, what does Peter do? They left everything and followed Jesus. So, so far, what we've had with Peter is he's been called. He went back. And now he's been called again. By Jesus. And this time it, it sticks. Or at least you think. For three years. For three years Peter chooses to walk with Jesus. He leaves fishing behind. He says, Jesus, I'm going to follow you for three years. And then what happens? Jesus gets arrested. He stands trial. And Peter goes to this trial. And as he's standing there, people start to say, hey, don't you... We've seen you with him, right? Like, you know him. Three times Peter's asked at Jesus' trial, aren't you one of his followers? And three times Peter denies knowing Jesus at all. In fact, the last time he fills it with a few expletives. Matthew 26, 74, it says, Peter swore. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, which Jesus said, listen, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And where does Peter go after this? After denying Jesus three times, after faithfully walking for three years with him, he denies him three times. And where does Peter go? Back to fishing. He goes back to fishing again. He goes back to what's comfortable. He goes back to what he knows. And what does Jesus do? He calls him a third time. John chapter 21, verses 18 to 19. Jesus tells Peter, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself. You went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands And others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Jesus is prophesying and telling Peter how he's going to die. It said that Peter was crucified on a cross upside down because he didn't feel worthy enough to be crucified the same way Jesus did. And then Jesus told him, follow 
me. Now, why do I share all of this? Why do, I, why do we walk through Peter's cycle? Because this is us. Like, this is me. This is you. This is, this is I. This is Peter's life is a great picture of our own. These moments where we thought we were doing super well. You know, we, we talk about cycle breakers. Three months later, we're like, oh my gosh, this is going really well. And then all of a sudden, we have a setback. We went back to that one thing that Jesus told us to leave behind. In those moments, what do we do? Well, we learn through this story, through Peter's life, we need someone that's willing to put their hand down and help us come up. We need someone that's willing to say, this isn't where you're supposed to be, and pull us up. And that's what Jesus did for Peter all through his life. And so today, I want to I look at three things that we learn from Jesus as he helps Peter in the moments of setbacks. And the first thing we learn from Jesus is this. We need someone to remind us of who we are. We need someone to remind us of who we are. Now, let's go back to Peter's story. Matthew chapter 4, right? So Jesus calls Peter to come and follow him. He tells Peter, come and follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Now, what happens here? Jesus gives Peter, in this moment, a new identity and a new purpose. In this moment, Jesus gives a new identity and a new purpose. He says, listen, Peter, before you met me, before you chose to follow me, before that moment, you were a fisherman who fished for fish. Now, you are my follower, and you fish for people. You see that? He says, listen, you were a fisherman who fished for fish, but now I'm giving you a new purpose and identity. Your identity now is a follower of me, and your purpose is to fish for people. And they left their nets behind. They left their nets behind. Now, this is what Jesus has maybe done for you at some point in your life. Maybe even during this teaching series where you heard him call, you you felt him drawing you towards him, You chose to turn from the direction that you were going and instead make him Lord of your life. And in that moment, he gave you a new identity and a new purpose. Going back to these verses we've talked about all throughout the series, Ephesians 4, 21 to 24, says, Since you have heard about Jesus, which this morning you're hearing about Jesus, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Now, there's a really cool connection between these verses and what we see in Peter's life. So Peter, when he chooses to follow Jesus, it says that he threw down his nets and chose to follow Jesus. Now here we go with Paul telling the church in Ephesus, throw off your old sinful nature and step into a new life. In the same way that the nets for Peter were were a symbol of him leaving behind that former life. Paul's telling us, listen, 
Throw that stuff that you were before. Throw, back, throw down your old purpose, your old identity. Leave all of that on the ground and choose to follow Jesus. You don't need to carry that anymore. That's not who you are anymore. You've been given a new path, a new life, and a new purpose. And so Peter has this incredible encounter with Jesus. I mean, just imagine Jesus walks into this room, looks at you, and says, come and follow me. I mean, it would be life-changing. But something happens. And he goes back to fishing. He goes back to the thing that Jesus told him to leave behind. He picks up his nets again. And, And maybe you've done the same thing. Maybe you've done the same thing where you said, I'll never go back to that person. I'll never pick up a bottle again. I'll never yell at my kids like my mom and dad yelled at me. But what happened? You did. You went back to what you know. And in those moments, we need someone to to come alongside us and remind us of our new purpose and our new identity. In Luke chapter 5, that's what we see. Peter's back to fishing, and Jesus comes to the beach, and he asks him, hey, Simon, can I teach off your boat? And after teaching the crowds, listen to what happens. Luke chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be kind of jumping through the Gospels, which are the first four books of the New Testament. But we're going to be in Luke chapter 5 to start. Verses 4 to 11. Be on the screens too. And it says this, when he had finished speaking, so when Jesus finished speaking, He said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we we worked hard all last night. We didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. And this time their nets were so (laughs) full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. And when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. And Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, why does Peter say, Leave me, I'm a sinful man. Get it? Jesus, I, I can't even be around you. I think it's because he felt some guilt and some shame for leaving in the first place. I think in this moment, he's awestruck that a man that can command fish into a net he chose to leave behind. And maybe there's been a time where you've slipped back into a cycle that, like you told Jesus, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. And you do. 
and you know that Jesus, all that Jesus has given you, you know what he offers, that he offers you life and peace and joy and grace and hope. You know all of that, and yet you still chose to go back to the old thing, to pick up the nets that Jesus told you to leave behind, to, to go back to that cycle that chewed you up and spit you out. You left Jesus for that, and so when you see Jesus again, you, you just think to yourself, no way he could still love me. There's no way he could invite me back in. Please, Jesus, just leave me. I'm a sinful man. We can begin to define our identity by our problem. I'm just a fisherman. Please leave me. I'm a sinner. Please leave me. The author, Paul David Tripp, he says this. The longer we struggle with a problem, the more likely we are to define ourselves by that problem. Divorced, addicted, depressed, codependent, ADD. And we come to believe that our problem is who we are. That's what Peter does here. Just leave me. I'm just, I'm a fisherman. I'm a sinner. But what does Jesus do? Verses 10 to 11. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. And Jesus says, Peter, we're good. Come, put your nets down again. And follow me. He reminds Peter. He says, listen, you'll be fishing for people. He says, Peter, you are a follower of me and you have a new purpose. Leave your nets. Leave your old life. You're no longer a fisherman. You are now a fisher of men. Now, here's the question for you this morning. Do you have someone that will remind you of who you really are? Do you have someone who will speak godly truth into your life and say, here's who God has made you to be that reminds you of the new purpose he's given you, the new identity that he's given you? Do you have someone that's willing to reach down when you're stuck in the muck again and say, listen, let me help you out of there because this isn't who you are anymore? But here's the key to find a person, to, to truly find a person like that. We need someone who's willing to do the second thing that we learn from Jesus and Peter's relationship. We need someone who will have hard conversations with us. We need someone that's willing to have hard conversations with us. So Peter's been following Jesus now for a little while. Like he left the nets behind. He's been following Jesus and things are going well. Matthew chapter 16, in fact, we, we pick it up and things are going really, really well. Jesus is having this conversation with Peter and Peter says, listen, Jesus, I know that you are the Messiah. I know that you are the son of the living God. And Jesus looks at me and says, yes, Peter, on that statement, I will build my church. Peter's crushing it. And then Jesus says, listen, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be killed. But don't worry, on the 
third day I'm going to rise from the dead. And what does, <laughs> what does Peter do? Chapter 16 of Matthew, verse 22. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. <laughs> Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now, quick, subtle teaching moment here. It's never a good idea to reprimand Jesus. That never, that never ends well. And in fact, it doesn't end well for Peter. Verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Now, what do we learn? Reprimand Jesus, get called Satan. This, Peter had just said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Peter's feeling really confident. And then all of a sudden he's like, listen, Jesus, let me let you in on something. It doesn't have to be this way. But here's the crucial statement in Jesus' correction, right, in this hard conversation. He says, Peter, listen, you aren't seeing things correctly. You are seeing things only from this perspective, but that's not the right way. Peter, you're looking at this from a human point of view, not God's. Now, do you have someone in your life who'd be willing to have a hard conversation with you when you aren't seeing things correctly? In those moments when you're considering going down that same road again. In a moment when something or someone is shrouding your judgment. In a moment when you clearly aren't thinking about the long-term consequences, but instead you're just focusing on the short-term reward. Do you have someone like Jesus was to Peter who is willing to say, you are seeing this the wrong way? You are looking at this only from a human point of view, not God's. Someone who's willing to say the hard thing so you don't end up in a hard place. Proverbs chapter 27, which Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. If, if you need wisdom in your life, just open up the book of Proverbs and start reading. But Proverbs chapter 27 Uh, speaks to this very idea. It says in verse 6, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And then verse 9, the writer kind of reiterates this. It says the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. See, Jesus is reminding Peter at this moment uh, that what God wants always needs to be kept at the center. When we're tempted to take God out of the picture and replace him with something else to worship or or some other idol, we need someone that helps us keep him at the center to say, listen, you're not seeing this right. You're putting this thing here. You're replacing God with this thing. You need to keep him at the center, even if it takes a hard conversation. Who has permission in your life to do this with you? Who has the permission? And and here's the key. Here's the key to this. Are you willing to actually do what they say? Or is it in one ear and out the other? When someone or people that you trust are speaking hard truths into your life, do you ignore them and continue to live the way you want? 
Because here's the reality. Listen, you can have as much wisdom in the world. You can have as many counsel that comes from a friend. You can have people that are sincere. You can have all of these things speaking truth and, and, and wisdom into your life. But if you ignore it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how many people. So are you willing to actually act on it? Now, here's the key to giving someone permission to have hard conversations with this, because Proverbs 27 makes two very specific statements, a sincere friend and a counsel of a friend. When we know that a person loves us, we welcome in hard conversations. And this is the third thing we learned from how Jesus mentored and discipled Peter. We need someone who loves us. We need someone who loves us unconditionally in the good and the bad. Peter, in this moment, he's been corrected by Jesus in a moment of weakness, but he knows that Jesus loves him. And so what does he do? He receives it and he gets his life back on track. And now let's jump ahead to Matthew chapter 26. And Peter denies knowing Jesus. This is the same guy that walked on water. This is the same guy that said, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. This is the same guy that said, here I am. I just want to be with you. I want to be like you. And now Matthew chapter 26, Jesus is arrested. He's put on trial. And as he stands there, Peter says, I never even knew this guy. I never even knew him. And after denying Jesus, where does Peter go? He goes into hiding. Remember that guilt and that shame from before? I'm just a sinner. Jesus, please leave me. No, Peter goes into hiding. But three days after Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus rises from the dead. And in John chapter 20, he tells Mary Magdalene, he, say, he, he appears to her first, and then John chapter 20, he, de, he appears to the disciples. All of these disciples, Peter included, they're hiding in a locked room because they're afraid of what the religious leaders might do to them. They're like, listen, we just saw what happened to Jesus. We're next, so let's lock ourselves in this room and let's hide until this blows over. But in John chapter 20, verses 20 to 22, Jesus appears in the middle of the room. And this is what happens. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, now listen, here we go, here's the purpose and identity. Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. So as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then verse 22, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So in this moment, the disciples are all hiding, Peter included. They're hiding behind a locked door and Jesus shows up in the middle of the room. And he says, here's your purpose. Here's your mission. You are to be fishers of men. Now I'm sending you. Go and fish for people. Go and share the good news that I rose from the dead. And I'm not even going to leave it at that. I'm going to breathe the Holy Spirit on you. 
I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so that you have everything you need to go and do what I'm telling you to do. And then what does Peter do? Like you would think this would be, this is the moment. This is Peter's time to shine. But we go to chapter 21, verse 3 right after, and it says this. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. He goes back to fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Man, Jesus has just said, I'm sending you. Here's the Holy Spirit. And Peter says, thank you so much. I think I'm going to go back to fishing. I'm going to go back to what's comfortable. But again, Jesus meets him exactly where he is. John chapter 21, verses 4 to 7. And at dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, let me know if this sounds familiar. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic for he'd stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to the shore. This is the exact same miracle that Jesus performed in Luke chapter 5 when he called Peter for the second time. And now here's Jesus again saying, Peter, listen, in case you forgot, here's who I am. You've been fishing all night and you can't catch anything? Well, let me show you who I am. Cast your nets on this side and watch. Peter jumps back in the water. Swims to see Jesus. Now they have this conversation, verses 15 to 17. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And Jesus repeated the same question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. And a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question for a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. And then after telling Peter, here's how you're going to lose everything. Here's how you're going to die for following me. Jesus looks at him at the end of verse 19, and he says for a third time, follow me. Peter, leave the nets. Leave them. I've given you a new purpose. I've given you a new identity. Three times Peter went back to fishing. Three times Peter left Jesus. Three times Peter denied Jesus. Three times Peter suffered setbacks in all of his life. And yet, despite all of that, three times Jesus calls Peter. Never does Jesus abandon Peter. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, he's thinking of Peter. That's the love that Jesus had for him, and it's the same love that he has for you and I. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 and 19 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. 
And may you have the power to understand. May this morning you have the power to understand this. As all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. We all need someone that will love us. The same way Jesus loved Peter. Even when we're hard to love. Even when they have a hard conversation with us and we still go back to that thing that we said we would leave behind. We need someone that's willing to love us through it. And then the same way Peter, Jesus tells Peter, listen, feed my sheep. He says, I've shown you how to do this. I've shown you what unconditional love looks like. Now go and do that for others. Show others what this looks like. And it's so cool. We see Peter do this exact thing in, in, a, in his book called 1 Peter chapter 4. He says this, most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Now for Peter, that's not theory. That's not theoretical. That's not hypothetical. For Peter, love covers a multitude of sins. He can say that from a place of experience. Because Peter watched as Jesus' love covered a multitude of sins. No matter how many times he had a setback, he still had someone who loved him. No matter how hard the conversation was to hear, he knew that Jesus wanted what was best for him. We need someone in our lives that's willing to love us through the good and the bad. Because when we know someone loves us, when we know someone truly wants what's best for us, it makes the hard conversations a little easier. It makes the reminder of who we are and who God has called us to be a little more palatable. Now, we're all prone to setbacks. That's why I love Peter. I think he's a great model for us because this is, this is how we all look in our life. Me. You, we slip back into this destructive cycle that we said, no, I'm never going to do this again. And then there we are picking up our nets again. And so the questions to ask this morning is, do you have someone that's willing to remind you of who you are? Do you have someone who's willing to have a hard conversation with you? And do you have someone who's, who's going to love you through the good and the bad? And then the next question is, are you willing to be that for someone else? Are you willing to do that for someone? There's an author and business leader uh, named Simon Sinek. He wrote a, a book called Leaders Eat Last. He said this, Ask anyone who's made it through any sort of setback, depression, loneliness, Failure, getting fired, a death in the family, the loss of a relationship, addiction, legal conflict, victimized by crime, anything. Ask them how they made it through. He said in nearly 100% of the cases, they will say something to the effect that I could not have done it without the support of blank. 
I couldn't have gotten through my loneliness without this person. I couldn't have gotten through that moment after I got fired without these people in my life. Who is that person for you? Who are those people for you? And who who are you being that person for? Now listen, as we wrap up, there's we talked about this week one, and we're talking about it again. We talk all about breaking cycles. I'm here to tell you this morning, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you will not be able to leave those nets behind. You won't. Like maybe you've tried therapy. Maybe you've had tarot cards read. Maybe you've tried medications. Tried all of these things to break that cycle that just keeps dragging you down in life. And now here you are sitting in a church because you don't know where else to go. I've tried everything except God, so here I am, God. If that's you this morning, here's the amazing thing. Jesus' hand is is reaching down saying, "I'm, I'm ready to help you. Will you follow me? Will you make me Lord of your life? Now, to be Lord of somebody's life means that you're not Lord anymore. It's not about what you want anymore. It's not about your ambitions, what you think is best. It's not about that anymore. It's putting all of that aside and saying, Jesus, you are now the decision maker. Only then can we really start to find this freedom. And the Bible tells us that once we do that, who the Son sets free is free indeed. This morning, choose to follow Jesus. Maybe some of you in this room, you, what you need to do is you need to get into a growth group. Now, what a growth group is, is it's a group of two or three people that meet together on a monthly basis, maybe bi-weekly. They sit down. It's an opportunity for each person to be reminded of who they are and their purpose to have hard conversations and to be loved. That's what a growth group is. And so who are two people? Who is a person that you can start getting coffee with once or twice a month to sit down and say, here's what I'm going through. Here's how I can be. Here's how I need prayer. How can I be praying for you? Who are those people? My third challenge for you is maybe it's time for you to step up and be a mentor for someone else. Listen, we got a kids, we got a kids ministry. With kiddos that are longing, that are looking everywhere for someone to tell them who they are. Looking everywhere for someone to love them. So maybe that's where you need to start. 
Would you commit to maybe once a month volunteering in one of our kids' rooms to love, to love on those kids? Maybe it's in our student ministry. Maybe it's on the team that you serve on. Who can you put your hand down and help? The same way that Jesus did for you. And the last thing is we know this series has been really impactful for a lot of you. And we know that sometimes four weeks is just not enough. And so what we did is we created a 12-week online elective that's going to keep walking through breaking cycles in our lives. It's completely free. There's, there's a book you, you might need to buy. There's no fee to sign up for this. It's going to be led by our spiritual formation pastor at Grace Church. His name's Ken. And it starts on March 14th. And if you're interested in that, you can scan the QR code up here. It'll also be in the lobby. But I'd encourage you, if, if you're still kind of trying to figure out what does it look like to break cycles in my life, this is a great opportunity to keep that conversation going, to go even deeper, to press in even harder on how you can break those cycles in your life. Let's pray.